Welcome to Prima's 2021 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Melanie Herman will discuss confidence, culture, and conversations, inspired risk leadership. Melanie is a prolific author of more than a dozen comprehensive books and resource guides on various risk management topics. Melanie has delivered countless workshops, seminars, and keynote presentations for organizations simply unwilling to leave success to chance. We will also be joined by Prima's education coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Melanie. Thank you for having me. Why is risk leadership so important today? I think risk leadership is incredibly important because we live in a world of uncertainty, which means that none of us really knows what will happen next. But risk leaders are people who guide and support teams through uncertainty. They really help us get comfortable not knowing how things are going to turn out, and they do that by envisioning alternate futures and alternate paths. Essentially, they're masters of this concept of multifinality, which refers to an instance where we have the same starting point, but can lead to a path with different ends. We can all start out at the same place, but wind up in very different places. And actually, as I think about risk leadership, I'm reminded of a terrific book called The Art of the Idea by John Hunt. And in that book, Hunt says that ambiguity doesn't have to equal confusion. Sometimes it pays to revel in the options as you go about pruning them. So I love to think of risk leaders as individuals who really consider lots of options and who who recognize that there's never one way to solve a problem. So for me, that's why it's incredibly relevant today. What are some of the common misconceptions about risk management? One of the common misconceptions about risk management is that it's a, an infrastructure type function in an organization, that it's about policies and procedures and rules that kind of slow people down, when in reality, great risk management and effective risk management functions should help an organization take more risk and should really be about advancing the mission and the services of an organization, whether it's a public agency or a public entity or a nonprofit organization. So it's not just about following rules and ensuring compliance and checking the box. Risk management is about how do we take the types of risks that are necessary to serve our community well and to be effective as an organization and to provide the kinds of services that people really want and value. So overall, risk management should add value, but I do think there's that negative perception of the industry and of the profession, and many people still believe that folks who manage risk in an organization are the people who are the skunk at the picnic. They are the folks that pour cold water on innovative ideas, and really the opposite should be true. Risk managers, risk leaders should be innovative and should be completely focused and obsessed with how do we serve this community more effectively? How do I bring value to this agency or to this organization? How has the global pandemic changed perceptions about the importance of risk management? I think the pandemic has changed perceptions in a few ways. The first is that the pandemic has really solidified the importance of two different aspects of risk management, which are resilience and readiness. And what I'm seeing happening across the nonprofit organizations and the public entities we work with is this sense of resilience and readiness becoming almost new cornerstones of risk practice. 
and and that's contrast with what we've done for many years, which has been kind of talked about avoiding and mitigating risk, right? You hear those words all the time in the risk management discipline. And my own view is that today we need to focus our attention on you know, doing what we can do to ensure that our missions bounce back from risks that we're unable to forecast or avoid, and two, getting ready for whatever comes our way. So it's really all about resilience and readiness. I think we're going to see many mentions of those two words, and over time, we're going to see those two words be used far more frequently than risk avoidance and risk mitigation. A couple of other thoughts. I think that the pandemic has clarified the futility of using likelihood as a measure for prioritizing risks. So for decades, if not centuries, risk managers have tried to prioritize their list of risks by factoring in scores for likelihood. You know, how likely is this potential risk event? But the likelihood of a global pandemic was infinitesimal, right? So, you know, ignore likelihood. And if we were to focus on potential impact only, that risk, the risk of a global pandemic, might have been on the radar of risk leaders around the globe, and we might be in a better place today as a result. So I do think it's it's somewhat futile to focus on likelihood, and I'm hoping that many risk professionals realize that as a result of the pandemic and stop using that as, as one of the tools for ranking their risks. And then lastly, I think the pandemic has drawn attention to the importance of having a subject matter expert on risk management in an agency. Many nonprofit organizations that I work with have held off on hiring a full-time risk manager or a part-time risk manager because they felt that the the role was something that they didn't necessarily need. It was more of a luxury role, whereas having somebody in charge of finance, someone in charge of IT, and someone responsible for HR, those were considered essential roles. But risk management felt like a luxury that only very large agencies could afford. I think that has changed. So I think there have been lots of changes in perception about the importance of risk management due to the pandemic. And I'm hoping that many agencies and organizations are really leveraging the changes in perceptions that we've seen take hold since the pandemic began. What qualities or skills are important for someone interested in a risk leadership role? I'm thinking about three different skills, and they may be a little different from what you would expect in in response to that question. The first one is problem solver. I think the best risk leaders are people that love a good problem. They love a puzzle. They love to kind of take something apart and try to understand its root cause. And they're not quick to to develop a solution based on the, the preliminary evidence, right? So if you're a true problem solver, if you like puzzles, you want to figure out the root cause, the real reason something has happened, instead of, you know, defaulting to that easy that easy conclusion, which is somebody made a mistake or somebody didn't follow policy or communication was poor between manager and employee. You know, great risk leaders love to solve problems and recognize that that their first instincts about the cause of an accident or incident may not be the real cause at all. The second quality that I think is so important in risk leaders today is being a good listener. And, you know, this flies in the face of, I think, the stereotype of a risk manager. I've I've heard many people tell me over the years that, you know, the risk manager is a person who has all the answers to the questions and they're quick with an answer. And the best risk managers are people who have those answers kind of, they easily roll off their tongue right at their fingertips. They've got these answers. But the truth is, 
the best risk leaders, the most effective risk leaders are people that are willing to listen to the whole story. And one of the things I've noticed is we field calls from leaders across the country about various issues that they're confronting. Very often, the true question, the real issue, the crux of the issue they're calling about is not expressed in the first few sentences. And so I've trained myself to just be very patient first to describe the issue over a few minutes before I weigh in. It's a mistake to weigh in too soon. So being a great listener, being a patient listener is incredibly important if you want to be a successful risk leader. And then the third skill that comes to mind that I think is is important for risk leaders today is being an effective communicator. And we know that if you look at job descriptions for many professional roles in a public entity or in a nonprofit organization, you're, you're going to see strong communication skills listed. It's on almost every job description these days. But in risk management, being an effective communicator is critically important because your job is to explain things in a way that invites understanding. And unfortunately, many operating procedures, many policies, many documents that we expect people to sign off on are written in using convoluted language and um, terms that people don't understand. And, And it's almost as if they were written to confuse. I think the best risk managers, those who are responsible for drafting policies, really understand that everything we put in writing should be easily understood by employees across the organization with different levels of education. And so it's a challenge to communicate clearly when you're a risk leader, but it's so important to do so. So for me, the the three top skills would be problem solver, listener, and communicator. And anybody who has strengths in those three areas, I think, uh, has the potential to be a phenomenal risk leader. So how did making risk management interesting and fun become part of your mission and why is it important? As long as I've been the CEO of the Nonprofit Risk Management Center, I've been committed and passionate about making risk management fun and interesting. And honestly, part of that motivation was to make it interesting for myself, to make this a job that I would love. And I love it even more than I did when I began many years ago. But the other motivation was this recognition that strong risk management functions bring people in, bring people to the table to talk candidly about risk. And if people feel that the conversation is going to be off-putting or overly technical or intimidating, they're less likely to want to come to the table. And and an an important element in any risk management program is the willingness of people across the organization and up and down the ranks in the organization, including frontline team members, the willingness of those folks to come forward and talk about risk, to say, I saw something that concerns me or worried about something else and to share their own mistakes, to lift up instances where they've made mistakes, where there's been a a near miss, for example. And if the discipline itself, if the risk function or the risk leader is intimidating and takes himself too seriously, I think you have less of a willingness on the part of your rank and file and your, your team, you know, to come forward and participate. We really need participation from folks across the organization and we need them to feel comfortable. And what I've found in my career and certainly in my role here at, at the Nonprofit Risk Management Center is that when you bring in a little bit of humor, when you don't take yourself too seriously, you wind up getting people at the table who would otherwise not feel welcome and not feel comfortable. So for me, that's why we, we try to make it fun and interesting. And we also try to make it memorable because at the end of the day, whatever those rules are, whatever the protocol is, 
you know, whatever we want people to do to create a safe environment, we want it to be memorable. We don't want our team members to have to look it up and research in an operations manual to find out what they're supposed to do if there's an incident. And so there's a great connection between making something memorable and making it fun. And we see that connection all the time. And we found that when we bring that levity and bring that humor and into the risk conversation, people remember what we've said and they're more willing to do what we've asked them to do. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.